Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Paul Brown is a consulting ecologist in Victoria, Australia. He used to be a government fishery scientist. He was also a professor of ecology in Victoria. And he recently wrote a blog about what the heck is going on from a duck hunting perspective in the state of Victoria. Specifically, the new committee of inquiry that is going to do an assessment of ducks has put out a call for duck hunting information in Australia and other areas. And so Paul took it upon himself to do some research on who allows duck hunting around the world. What kind of countries, what kind of democracies, what kind of freedoms do they have of those countries that allow duck hunting. It's a fascinating read. The link to the blog is in the show notes. But have a listen to Paul. It's just someone who just loves to hunt, who has a scientific background, who took it upon himself to just do a little bit of research to say, is, is duck hunting truly barbaric? Is it truly archaic? Is it truly something that just doesn't happen very often in first world democratic societies around the world? Listen to find out the answer. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name, my name. is. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter.
Friday. The um, no, I love the fact that uh, you know these kinds of technologies. I remember as a kid growing up in South Africa, and my mom's Australian, so that's the dark side of my family. Ah, okay. Paul Brown. Okay, yeah. we don't like to talk about right. the Australian I side. I won't of mention the it unless you right. do. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I remember that my my grandmother would call us every Sunday from Newport Beach in Sydney on the landline. And this kind of stuff just wasn't available. Like yeah. my mom and I can FaceTime whenever we want now, you know, and yeah. you feel like you can see each other and you get to see, you know, it's, this world has become so connected. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's very true. Yeah. My, my, my kids, uh, I uh, sort of grew up in that, you know, speaking on the phone to grandma era as well. And uh, now at least we're able to keep in touch with kids and grandkids like this. It's uh, such a boon. It's great. Yeah. Your kids outside of Australia or are they still no, living in Australia? No, they're all still in Australia. They're all grown up and uh, having families of their own now. So all very excited. And you, are, you, you sit and write amazing articles chastising the, the ability of... Uh, science to be used to drive hunting regulations yeah it's it's been uh it's been a constant niggle in my whole career that um people in uh, decision making roles with natural resources don't pay enough attention to science and um it's still happening um you know i i uh I've I've learned a fair bit actually through this medium of podcast mainly I've learned a lot about the North American model of wildlife management and things like that and yeah. been over there and experienced it myself I guess from a user's point of view but um and really just uh, you know applaud that so I have such great respect for that system of um you know use of science and decision making and uh, my background is sort of through um, <clears throat> fishery science mainly. And uh, I think, you know, government agencies, not singling anybody out, but government agencies all around Australia in my, in the span of my career, have, have just seemed to um, taken less and less notice of their own scientists, you know, and marginalise their own scientists, reduce their funding to their own scientists, farmed it out to universities and, and pick and choose what funding they want where they already know what the answer is kind of thing, you know, and <laughs> just devalued science. So it's no no different really now. Um, I'm um, sort of playing in a different arena, I guess. I've, you know, I've got my own business now sort of as a consulting ecologist, but um, I'm still a passionate recreational hunter and, and fisher. And um, I, st I, can't, I can't be silent when I see such blatant disregard for science and common sense. Um, and I thought, what what can I do? You know, it's all very well. Everybody's at the moment sort of, I don't know whether we might go and, and talk about the, 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 the background to this, I suppose, but um, everybody's talking about, right, you know, you must write to your MP and protest about these silly decisions that have been made. But I thought, well, I can do that. Yeah, but what else can I do? And I had a conversation... Mm -hmm with a friend of mine recently, we were sort of shaking our heads and scratching our chins and sort of bemoaning the state of affairs with uh, the sort of um, uh, the, how we felt, you know, um, recreational hunters in our state, Victoria, were being 
dealt a, a very poor hand at the moment by uh, by the the people in charge. And uh, I thought, well, you know, it's all very well us preaching to the converted, so to speak, um, talking to other hunters, and you know, you you go round and round in these um, you know, Facebook groups and uh, forums, yeah, echo chambers, you know, like right? Sort of, you know, talking to the the people who already know what the issue is. But what I really wanted to do was to get the the middle ground of the population aware of um, what's going on, you know, what, uh-huh. this issue. Uh-huh. It's so hard to do that because, um, well, I'm not connected to the uh, the the mainstream media in any in any way, and uh, I thought, hang on, I've got a I've got a website, and I've got this, I've started a blog on that website, which I hadn't really put anything much on, to be honest or hadn't promoted what I had put on. And I thought, in the, in the short time I've got, while well, this matters, which is the next two or three months, how can I get this message out there? I'll put a blog out there. I'll say it all in a blog, and I'll try and publicize it as widely as I can and try and get this thing to, to get some traction. So that's why I tagged you, Robbie. <laughs> I was hoping that you would see it. And, um, uh, Here yeah, we are. It has got a bit of traction, and, and here we are. So that's great. But um, yeah, yeah I, I'm glad you well, liked Paul it. Well, anyway. Paul Brown, welcome to the uh, Blood Origins podcast, my friend. And I appreciate your response by when you when I reached out to you, and you said, "I'm a big fan of the podcast." <laughs> yeah. Well, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's been. It's well, been Paul good. Brown, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, what's your career, what do you do now. Well, um, at the moment, I'm uh, a consulting ecologist. I'm uh, based in Australia, in Victoria, the southern state of Australia. And um, what do I do? Um, I guess my career has been based largely in fisheries science, government fisheries science, and uh, okay. then later in academia. I worked for a university in in um, in Victoria here as a um, a professor of ecology, and uh, that was mainly uh, floodplain and wetland science. So there's a lot of fish and fisheries stuff oh, in man. there as well. Uh, kindred birds. spirit. I have a PhD in wetland ecology. Oh, really? Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Great minds think alike, they say. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, um, ever since I've been, you know, a kid, really, I've been a, I've been a hunter. Um, um, just about hunt anything really, but. Uh, um, dad was a hunter. Family was a hunter. Uh, was a hunting dad family. Was a, dad was a fisher, um, a recreational angler. I, um, yeah, he wasn't opposed to hunting or anything. He just he he didn't do it. Like he uh, he was. Mom, dad, and mum were both supportive about me uh, hunting. You know, started with an air rifle and hunting rabbits and things like that, and they were fine with that. You know, in those days, you could run around with an air rifle and shoot rabbits. Um, and then my brother actually, sort of, my older brother, I've got two older brothers, one of them decided, I'm not sure where he got it from, he was sort of the same, he was a fisher like me, and he decided he was going to go duck hunting. And uh, I can't remember whether that was the that was the first time or whether I, at the same time I was interested in duck hunting because I was at university by then. I was in North Wales, in, uh, in Bangor, in, uh, University of Bangor in North Wales. Yeah. And great duck hunting, a great outdoorsy sort of a place. And I had some mates there who were sort of going duck hunting, and I was a bit curious. I was duck hunting curious, you might say. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, started there with the duck hunting and, um, so over there it's called wild fowling and, uh, it's mainly coastal based. So um, bloody posh, man. Wild fowling. Wild man, fowling, come on. yeah. Yeah. I actually remember guys out in the distance on this big, uh, estuary in, in punts with punt guns firing these huge mm. cannons at flocks of ducks on the water. I mean, that makes me sound Jeez. medieval, but it was actually still yeah, happening yeah, yeah. in the UK up until, uh, well, in almost certainly the 90s, I'd say. There was, mm. but there was only a handful of these guys out there doing it. So I didn't do that, but we did the sort of traditional tidal type while fouling on the coast. Um, shortcut to Australia. I, I left the UK and came to Australia and started my career here. And duck hunting is very different here. It's like, you know, wading around in swamps full of snakes and things like that. But um, <laughs> I, I jumped into that and uh, I've done that ever since. Um, and I saw in New South Wales when they banned duck hunting, I was, I was actually living in New South Wales and they banned duck hunting. Um, shortly, I managed what to... What was the reason for banning duck hunting in New South Wales? You know, you remember? I, I'm not really sure because I... I didn't, that was, and I don't even know what year that was, but it must have been around the mid-90s, I'm guessing. They, Is um, it tough to, but I, as maybe my, I've got a different impression or the wrong impression, but my impression is that it's actually quite easy to hunt, quote-unquote, yes. ducks in New South Wales if you just go under a pest license. You're a right. License. But w what happened was they used to have just a government-regulated recreational hunting season. And they stopped that. And for a number of years, you couldn't, I'm pretty sure for a number of years, you couldn't hunt ducks. And yeah. then they brought in, um, I forget what it was called now, the effectively the equivalent of the Game Management Authority we've got in Victoria. And they started this system of, I think that was pressure from the rice growing industry in the southern part of the state around the Riverina area, um, saying, yeah, these ducks are decimating our rice, we need to column and so they brought in this um yeah to, to their credit they brought in a system where they could use the recreational hunters as a resource to help the farmers cull the birds and the rice and of course the hunters who had been deprived of duck hunting in victoria and, and in new south wales and and also south of the border in victoria loved it and jumped on board and uh i don't know that i kind of got the numbers at my fingertips here but i think you know hundreds of thousands of ducks are still shot in victoria under license but it's a different license it's not a hunting license it's a control in license. victoria or new south wales sorry in new south wales new south wales new south wales yeah. yes 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 so um yeah still very popular today so um that was that was that was what happened there um and all the all the time that was happening you could still hunt ducks in uh as a recreational hunter you could hunt ducks in victoria South Australia. So where can you hunt? Tasmania. Where can you hunt ducks in Australia right now? Um, so, Northern Territory. Yeah, Northern Territory. I'll just let's go around. Northern Territory. Yes, Queensland. No. Um, New South Wales. Yes, if you, if you, you know, bearing in mind what we just said. Yep. Victoria. Yes. Tasmania. Yes. South Australia. Yes. Western Australia. No. Okay. Uh, and the ACT which is embedded, that's the Australian sure. Capital Territory, that's embedded within... Not much duck hunting Wales, not much duck habitat hunting in ACT. Lots of ducks on like Burley Griffin in front of Parliament House, but yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a shit show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so it's, I think it's six out of the six out of the eight uh, hmm. legislations and uh, your jurisdictions in in Australia, you can still illegally hunt ducks. Um, you wouldn't think so if you listen to the rhetoric coming out 100%. of the, the antis. I would think it's they they harp on about oh it was banned in Western Australia and it was banned in New South Wales. Isn't it about time we banned it every bloody way, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just like the bow hunting ban in South Australia. Yeah, the rhetoric coming out of South Australia yeah. is like bow hunting's banned everywhere in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Mm, it's no, that's yeah. untrue. You can legally bow hunt. Well, it'd be interesting to in write Australia. a very similar article about bow hunting around the world, and uh, you would find, um, you would find. Well, out I have big plans for you, Paul Brown. You don't know this yet, but I have big plans for you. <laughs> Good. Um, We've got a bow hunting video actually dropping this week on the ban, and their whole rhetoric is tied to that bow hunting is quote unquote inhumane. Yeah, and I'm I, like, hmm, I heard your okay. last podcast um, with uh, uh, Australian lady. I can't remember her name. Sorry, um, about the bow hunting in South Australia, and uh, yeah, that was very. Oh interesting. yes, Kai Furno. Kai yeah, Furno. Yeah, Kai. Yeah, um, that was and. Uh, yeah, it's funny. When you define inhumane, inhumane is defined as without compassion for misery or suffering. And so you can just, if you want to just take it at its at face value, if, if we were inhumane in bow hunting, it would mean that our weaponry would become more primitive. Yeah. No, our bows are getting faster. Our yeah. bows are getting quicker our bows are getting our arrows are getting more stable our broadheads are getting more lethal or getting more sh- are getting sharper or getting engineered by mechanical engineering yeah Certainly how can it be more yeah. it, it's it's we're becoming more humane yeah in our take than inhumane right. and i thought the point that i think you made uh, somebody made on that podcast was about about you know just the reaction of the animals to being shot by a bow is well, I mean, it's varied, like it is with being shot by anything, but uh, quite often it's it's very minimal reaction. You know, as you said, mm-hmm. you know, the arrow can just zip through. If you hit it in the right spot, the arrow can zip through and mm-hmm. um, very little uh, reaction, and then the animal just passes out, you know. Um, yep. I've done a little bit of bow hunting myself um, and actually put the bow, the bow's gathering cobwebs in the shed at the moment. I haven't used it for a long time, but, um, yeah, it's it's... It is an It's just, you know, it's funny when you, at the end of the, you'll see at the end of this video, we talk about when you really dive deep and you really unravel the rhetoric that's coming from the RSPCA and Susan Close in South Australia, it's really about the fact that they hate hunting. Yeah. Because if they were truly interested in practices that were inhumane, hear me for what I'm saying, if they were truly interested in practices to ban practices that were inhumane to wildlife, then why are they championing poisoning and helicopter culling? Mm. Yeah. You just hate hunting. That's right. You actually don't give a shit about whether people are humane or inhumane. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of the people involved in that argument, I don't think they've really sat down and analysed their own sort of thinking processes there. And no, you know, no. they 
Yeah, I, I just can't believe that they could maintain that. Uh, with a straight face. That with a straight Come face, on. exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you wrote an article, and the article was titled, What the FWC? <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of my blog. Uh, yeah, it's the title of the blog. Yeah. Yeah. What does FWC stand well, for? Well, that's my uh, my company name. I guess it's not it's not a company. It's me, but uh, it's a fisheries and wetlands consulting. And so, my... oh, I thought it was the title of the article. No, I no, apologize. No. That's but the blog name. There's okay, actually okay, about I three titles. I'm sort of yeah, I've stuffed up there. There's about three titles. The blog is the what the FWC blog. And then each article within that has a title, but I think I, I couldn't decide on this one, so I think I gave it a couple of title, a title and a subtitle. But um, yeah, it's um, and I haven't got so it. So in you front went of me. into the research. You said, okay, look, I need to break this down. I need to break down this rhetoric that is that duck hunting is not common, that duck hunting is bad, that duck hunting is something that is archaic. Yeah. That's you right. took all those those points, right? Yeah, there was a f there was a few things came out from you know the RSPCA in Victoria and uh, others um, about how barbaric and as you said archaic it is, and isn't it about time we got in step with the rest of the world, sort of thing? Um, well, let's debunk that. Let's start right there. Yeah. Is duck hunting, based on your research, barbaric, archaic, and if? If banning was to be put in place, does it fit in with what the rest of the world is doing? Well, um, I found that, you know, to, to, to use, um, I've basically found that duck hunting is a pretty normal part of the human relationship with ecology around the world. You know, that's, that's the way I put it in the end, because... Uh, about 52% of nations around the world allow licensed legal duck hunting. Um, and I think it was about, I haven't got the figure in front of me, it was in the 60% of um, the population, I think. Oh, it was at the land area. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie, I should have this in front of me. I did have it in front of me. Let me just check that. 52% of the nations of the world allow their citizens to hunt ducks, and uh, uh, duck hunting was permitted on 64% of the world's land area. Hmm. So well over half the land area, and I think 36% of the population of the world live in countries where duck hunting is permitted. So that doesn't sound to me like some sort of archaic, anachronistic, you know, minority thing that should be hidden away um i just sound like what do you well, think that would if what kind of percentage would you have expected if what did you think did you have a, a perceived like hypothesis of what a percentage was going to look like well of course i mean i with with my background knowledge i sort of knew that it, it was going to be something uh reasonably um reasonably sort of high percentages do they allow duck hunting like in russia yeah, hunting is, is, I'm pretty sure, I haven't got the individual country stats up here, but I think hunting is, uh, duck hunting is certainly permitted in Russia. Some big ones mm -hmm. where it's not, where like, um, well, when I say not, it, it's like I couldn't find any evidence that hunting was yeah, permitted yeah, yeah. in China, for instance. 
there's lots of kind of unofficial stuff out there. There's videos out there of guys hunting ducks in China and it all looks very official, but there's nothing kind of official um, other than hunting is banned in China. So, um, yeah, so that's an example of one that had to be in the no column. Um, and there's a lot of the more uh, sort of third world countries that have very uh, poor, I guess, uh, internet resources, you know, government internet resources. It's hard to actually determine whether it's legal or not. But sure, sure. Um, I thought it was worth doing for, you know, I was going to, I started out by just looking at, thinking of some examples of, you know, um, where, it, where it's permitted and where it's not permitted. And I, and I came across this list of 195 nations that, you know, the nation list, list of nations of the world. And I thought, well, look, I'll just zip through this, <laughs> just zip through this and do a search term for every one of them. It took me about three days, I think, to do that. But oh um, yeah, yeah, it's it was it was quite interesting actually because you know you go down a lot of rabbit holes there. But um, yeah, I mean the, the other interesting thing was I sort of thought, well, I've got this list of countries and I've got which ones you can and which ones you can't duck hunt in. Let's have a look at some of the other characteristics of those countries. You know, so I found measures of those characteristics like uh, a democracy index which was, I think, hey. developed by a university in Germany. Um, and they have the same country list, and every country is rated as its, you know, to, to the level of its democracy, I think. Index goes from naught to one, you know. And um, there was a, uh, there's a gun ownership was another one, because it's very easy to, um, to assume that, oh, yeah, China, you can't hunt ducks because guns are banned, sort of thing. Or, oh, yeah, you can't hunt ducks yep, there yep, because yep. guns are banned. But in fact, that's an interesting one that um, there was generally a relationship between, you know, countries that like to own lots of guns uh, and, and duck hunting. But um, there's lots of countries where, um, yeah, I think of the, what was it I said? It was, yeah, about eight countries. I'm paraphrasing my own work here. I should know it better. About eight countries where there's less than one gun per hundred people in the population, you know, owned legally, you could still hunt ducks. Um, so mm. it wasn't a direct correlation there. Um, so I look, tell me more about the democracy index. So this democracy index is, um, is, is it a corollary for like first worldness is, dare I say something like that? Um, look, I didn't look into that, but it, there's, uh, okay. there's probably a, a relationship there. Um, you can look it up on, um, if you just, you know, if you just Google democracy index, it's, uh, the university of Würzburg in Germany came up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and it, it rates countries and then classifies that rating according to, um, I think the index ranges from like countries that are hard autocracy to all the way through to a working democracy and countries in four levels. And of course, Australia is a working democracy. So we, we, we we end up quite with a high index there. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the countries that, um, you know, strongly democratic nations of the world, uh, surprise, surprise, duck hunting is still permitted. I mean, I'm being ironic when I say surprise, surprise, because we know that that's the case. Um, I think the average index where, of countries where democracy what where duck hunting was was uh, was allowed was about 
0.6, you know, 60% up that rating. Um, whereas countries where duck hunting wasn't permitted rated lower. They were sort of down below 0.5, So this, you know, Did you a... do a statistical analysis on the poll? No, can I didn't. You st- can you say statistically that they were significantly different? I, I didn't. But you probably but have enough power there. Uh, <laughs> I can do that, but I didn't. Um, uh, and yeah, well, if we're ever going to develop an infographic about democracy index and how it pertains to duck hunting, I need the p value. Okay, okay, I can have a look at that. Um, I did do a, I did do some graphs, but in the end, I didn't put them in the blog. I didn't think they really helped. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. I think, so what I came up with is all nations with a democracy index higher than 0.72 permitted duck hunting, except for three. And they were like little island states. Well, not to be, um, not to denigrate them, but they were um, island states in the Caribbean. And they either have no ducks, so virtually no ducks, or they, um, there was one of them was uh, actually Costa Rica was one of them I think as well and they they don't have any duck hunting in Costa Rica because they banned all hunting to try and protect jaguars and ocelots you know they banned mm-hmm. hunting to um, ostensibly to um, to conserve big cats duck hunting got caught in the crossfire there but um, but yeah I mean and I I was curious to know how. We rated as, as Australians in that democracy index, and we were up at 0.9. Not surprisingly, yeah. I suppose. So we're certainly firmly amongst those nations where duck hunting is permitted around the world. So, yeah, I just, I mean, I didn't do this, the statistical analysis on it. I just thought it was interesting, that relationship between the countries that are not allowing duck hunting, their citizens not, not to duck hunt, and the fact that they're cla- they're generally classed as um, less democratic nations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one that which is called the Freedom Index, uh, which okay. I, th- I think may actually include element some of the same elements as the Democracy Index, but also includes a range of uh, political and civil liberty type metrics and. Um, yeah, duck hunting, lo and behold, duck hunting was permitted in the top 22 countries of the world ranked for their uh, political rights and uh, the top 17 ranked for their civil liberties. So, you know, if you value your civil liberties and your, your political rights, um, you, should be, uh, you should be allowed to duck, duck hunt, I think. <laughs> um, and that figure was less, a lot less for, uh, for, the, uh, for, the, for the countries with duck hunting's banned. Um, Interesting. Um, the other thing which I realised after I'd got to the end of it all was, you know, you know, all the countries where duck hunting has been banned or it's not, it's not allowed. Um, I never came across anything that sort of said, yeah, you know, I came across a lot of the, a lot of them had reasons why there was no duck hunting, and it, a lot of it's no hunting at all. Um, mm-hmm. They never said that they were they'd banned it because of uh, conservation, low populations, populations or anything like that. So it's that's interesting. A whole range of other wacky reasons, really. Yeah, just as you say, most often probably just caught in the crossfire of some other political maelstrom of removal of guns writ large. Yeah, yeah, I think so. What else did you find? 
Um, yeah, this is a sort of a bit of a hodgepodge of a whole lot of uh, facts about how popular and common duck hunting is. And one of them I uh, I tried and I was quite happy with was that if you Google um, if you Google uh, wild duck recipes, you get 23 and a half million hits. I thought, well, hang on. If there's 23 and a half million versions of wild duck recipes, um, it must be pretty popular. <laughs> um, well, you don't know what that scale is, though. That's the problem with well, Google. I is did, 23 million I did get, good I, or is... I did Google tofu recipes. <laughs> and I can't remember what it was. I think it was, to be honest, I think it was more. But um, yeah, I just thought, yeah, how do we? I thought the same as you. How do I put that in context? And I, yeah, I gave up. I thought, yeah, it's difficult. Like twenty-three million, where you could, you know, get a hit for twenty-three billion. You know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. But it's it still it still says, hey, there's a lot of people out there interested in wild duck recipes. Anyway, so. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just sort of had to conclude in the end of this that, you know, um, actually, before we, before we go on to what I had to conclude, the, the one that I thought was the most interesting was the other index that I found was the, um, which I thought was relevant, was there's a um, organization called worldanimalprotection.org and they come up with a doesn't sound like a hunting organization at all. No, it's a, basically, it's an animal rights type uh, website and uh, they produce a, um, uh, an animal welfare index and rate each country by that. So the top, uh, and, and that includes um, a whole range of animal, I think it's animal protection. So it's animal rights, um, animal welfare, conservation, um, a whole range of metrics. And, you know, they're the, that's, this is going into the heart of darkness here. This is the, uh, this is the opposite. These are the opposite mm -hmm. uh, people to you and I, Robbie. Mm -hmm. um, they themselves classify the top six countries with the highest animal protection index as the United Kingdom, Sweden, Denmark, the Netherlands, Switzerland, and Austria. Um, and I thought, whoopee, all those countries presently permit duck hunting and have a strong and long culture of duck hunting, along with hunting for many other uh, of their endemic fauna. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, again, it shouldn't come as a surprise to most hunters who are listening to this podcast um, that, you know, a country can have a, a good reputation for its uh, animal rights, animal protections, but still maintain a sustainable Hunt, hunting culture um, for its wildlife, and, and why can't we, you know, value our um, animal protection, um, animal rights, animal protection, animal welfare, but still respectfully hunt them as a sustainable resource, mm -hmm. as a sustainable mm -hmm. resource? And um, yeah, I, I just thought that was um, worth noting. I guess the the reason I went down this uh, rabbit hole is because of this. Um, there's a, a government inquiry being launched in Victoria. Right. Um, to examine the um, the status, I suppose, of uh, wild game, uh, of game bird hunting 
uh, which includes essentially wild ducks and quail. it's not just a, it's not just an assessment it's it's more of like a public perception of it too right yeah i think so i mean it looks to be honest it looks like they're lining us up to um to come to the, the obvious conclusion obvious from their point of view that um we shouldn't be doing it anymore. So, well, especially when you have someone like Georgie Purcell from the Animal Justice Party on the inquiries yeah, committee. Yeah, yeah, she was very happy to be on there. Um, yeah, to be fair, there's I think there's nine bods on the on that uh, committee of inquiry, and at least three of them are um, very obviously have very obviously come out and and spoke in support of uh, various hunting issues recently. Good. So that's good. Good, good. but. Uh, that still means that they're probably outnumbered by those mm-hmm. who, who may or may not have that view. So, um, and one of their terms of reference was to look at um, how game bird seasons are managed in other jurisdictions. And so I thought, well, yeah, and I think it's depends on the wording that you, that you it depends on where you read the wording. <clears throat> I've seen it written as jurisdictions in Australia, but I've also seen it written as jurisdictions in Australia and wider. So I thought, well, let's open this up and have a look sure, and see sure. how the world of human beings actually views this um, use this issue. So that's that's <laughs> kind of why I got onto that. Yeah, the uh, the World Animal Protection uh, listing. You said the top six countries. I assume the seventh doesn't duck hunt. That's why we didn't go top seven. Is there a um, uh, I'd yeah, like to know, remember. like, if, what would the top 20 or top 50, like, what percentage? Because what would be interesting to see yeah. is, because the, the, your first piece of information that you you pointed out was that 52% of countries around the world duck hunt. Yeah. And I'd be interested to understand how close that percentage lands if you take the say top 20 or top 50 of the animal protection it would be very it would be cool to see if there's like a how close those two numbers come yeah yeah i could do that yeah i, I think you're I, I haven't got the the data in front of me but i think you're right i think that number 7 would have been one that doesn't duck hunt i guess that's why yeah I but if we six. get like the top 20 or top 50 and you know 80% of those countries duck hunt that's still in my brain mm. like that's a pretty good statistic. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one to look at. I will look at that. Um, I just thought, you know, when, when I saw it, I mean, from my background, you know, I come from the UK, so I'm familiar with the so European scene. And and I saw saw those countries, I thought, well, yeah, there's countries like Sweden and Denmark in there and there. And Switzerland, you know, how, um, you know, how, how does, doesn't that jump out at people thinking, well, these are, you know, surely these are seen as sane nations that you know have you know lots of controls on their citizens and you know citizens have a high quality of life and all this sort of stuff so they're great examples of you know how you mm-hmm. can do all that and uh still have um some pretty crazy duck hunters in there mm-hmm. crazy no, look, in a good I think, way though. yeah no <laughs> we definitely need more of what you do paul um I really like the article. I read it right away. I actually got sent it twice before you pinged me. Really? On Instagram. Oh, yeah, we have cool. a um, we have a very active <clears throat> mole network around the world. Yeah, oh, that's good. So when I wake up in the morning, I have 
200 odd whatsapp messages multi you know lots of dms yeah. <laughs> text messages emails because you know the rest of the world is awake whilst i'm asleep so. yeah yeah well that's good well i hope you'll um you'll push this around that network and uh and get it absolutely widely read um i what so what i'm going to do with this is this is this is a blog i've written you know it's a bit more conversational in the way I've written it, but I'm going to pull out those sort of salient comments, uh, salient uh, results from that, and I'll actually expand that one that you talked about with the protections uh, index. That's a good idea. And I'm going to put those in sort of a dot point version of those in as a submission to that um, that parliamentary inquiry because they're calling for submissions from the public now. Perfect. And it's really Perfect. important that... Um, Everybody, everybody who values duck hunting or the rights of people to go duck hunting, even if they don't themselves, get out there and uh, and put in a submission, even if it's just a real basic one saying, yep, I support duck hunting, let's keep it going, um, or, or whatever you feel. Um, yeah, yeah. It's really important to do that. And, of course, I say not just those who duck hunt because a lot of people are talking about this at the moment. It's It's, you know, is this the slippery slope we're on now? You know, if, if it's duck hunting now, what will it be next? And, you know, I know you hear that a lot and a lot of people are skeptical about that, but, you know, um, we've seen so many things change in the, in the world of hunting and not many of them have been positive um, over the last few decades in terms of um, how hunters value the, the, the things they do. So I think... I, I really believe that you know you've got to you've got to think about this as being on the slippery slope. If we lose this now, it'll be something else. Like, um, well, we've got bow hunting uh, under pressure. Um, then it'll be hound hunting. Then it'll be you know. Yep. Who knows? They're not going to stop. That's for sure. No. No. The, well, the... Paul, uh, where can anybody find number one? Let's let's tell people where can they find the blog. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the blog is um, is if you it's on my website. My website is um, fisheriesandwetlands.com.au, and then fisheriesandwetlands.com.au. Yeah, fisheriesandwetlands all one word. dot com. dot au. Perfect. Um, and the blog's on there. It's you know in the menu. You can get to it that way. It's also on my, uh, there's a link to it on my Instagram, which and you is... you are camo underscore ecologist. Yes. Yeah. Camo ecologist. Yeah. That's probably the easiest way you to should, get to it. You should actually take that blog and you should transform it into an opinion piece and submit it to the Melbourne Herald. Is it the Melbourne Herald? Uh, yeah. A friend yesterday actually suggested I should write it as to the uh, the age I think the Melbourne Age. Oh, the Age, correct. The, the Age, the, the too. broadsheet newspaper. Um, it's so many years since I read a newspaper, I kind of didn't really think about that. I, yeah, I you actually definitely need to. originally wrote it to go into, um, to, to be submitted to the conversation, which is a sort of a... Um, yeah, that's a great piece. That's a great place, too. They only, they, they only accept articles from uh, academics, and since I'm no longer an academic, um, that yes, presented that a problem. True. So I thought, hmm, how else can I get it out there? So, yeah. Well, just find a wetland ecologist that likes it and let yeah. them submit it. Yeah, I thought about that too, but time is of the essence, as the saying goes. And, That's true. Um, 
yeah, I've yeah, I've, I've got quite a bit of experience of getting stuff published in those sort of things and in the science literature and everything. And uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time. So yeah, you're not getting anything done in two to three months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I thought well, good deal, my friend. Let's try and get it viral instead. <laughs> yeah, we'll try and we'll try and do as good as good a job as we can. We'll get this out as as soon as possible. Uh, but Paul, thank you, man. Thank you for doing the research. Thank you for doing the the yeoman's work. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. No worries. Keep Welcome it going. to our podcast, and uh, hopefully, uh, you keep championing the the research lane. And um, we'll have you on in the future to talk about another piece of research that you've done tied to an Australian uh, hunting regulation. Yeah, well, look, it's something obviously that interests me. If if anybody's got any great ideas for, uh, you know, what sort of stuff should be done next, yeah, email me, send me an email, contact we'll me via my webpage, whatever. We'll do it. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Robbie. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.